glad you clarified that those are not the original bottles that I gave you because I would have hung up at this point of the interview. Yo, 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 yo. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, epic creatures of the world, and welcome back to Shared Ingredients. I'm your host, Andrew Pelosi, and on this episode, I talked to two of the founders of an incredible hot sauce brand called Zabs. If you haven't tried it, this is my plug. I'm not being paid to say this. It is fantastic. We'll get into all the reasons why. I did not grow up being a big hot sauce person. I feel like when I grew up, it was Tabasco or nothing. And when I say Tabasco or nothing, that was like the only option you saw on the table. And Tabasco sauce was something you'd see your older relatives put on eggs and things like that. And it was something that we never touched. And amazingly, nowadays, there are lots of incredible hot sauces. But I will say, Zabs stands out as being very unique. They're known for their slow burn, which we'll get into. But it was a pleasure to talk to Miles and PJ, two of the founders. Their third founder, Josh, was not able to be on this episode because he was busy in the kitchen putting in the work of making this hot sauce magic come to life. Admittedly, it's been about a year since I recorded this, so a lot has changed and all for the better. Zabs is getting picked up everywhere. They're in so many good restaurants. They're in Air One. They're about to be in Bristol Farms. You can buy them online, on their site, at Good Eggs, at Food 52. So many exciting things have happened since we recorded this. I'm a big fan of people finding their five to nine. So after their nine to five job, pursuing something else that they're passionate about. And both Miles and PJ have day jobs and have built Zabs all while doing so. And you would never guess that because it certainly appears to be and is a well-established, quickly growing, incredible brand. But it does prove that you can both build something on the side while having a career or day job, which I think will be really inspiring for a lot of you to hear. Without further ado, let's get into the slow-burning wonderfulness of Zabs. Yee! I'm joined today by Miles and PJ, the founders of Zabs Hot Sauce. I am a huge fan of Zabs. I have two of them right here. And keep in mind, these are not the originals that I've bought. So for anybody listening to this, I'm holding two of their different sauces and I'll let them describe them. But I'll just tell you they're phenomenal and I've re-upped. So these are not, they don't look like they have that much out of them and that's because these are new. I'm also wearing a t-shirt that uh, is from Zabs. I'm not gonna turn around, it'll mess up everything. But in essence, they've got great merch. So in the beginning and the end of this podcast, I recommend you go check them out. I want to welcome them to the show. I'll let you guys introduce yourselves. Thanks for having us, Andrew. I'm PJ and Miles and I and our third partner, Josh, founded Zabs back in late 2019. And it's been a fun ride so far. So thank you for having us. Yeah, appreciate you having us, Andrew. Uh, I'm also wearing my Gracias California sweater here. One of my favorites. And uh, I'm glad you clarified that those are not the original bottles that I gave you because I would have hung up at this point of the interview. <laughs> Classic. Well, I'll take it back to where we met, Miles. So Miles and I met through a good mutual friend of ours. Shout out to Brian Atlas, who connected us. And we had breakfast at Superba in Venice, for anybody listening. I didn't know much about Miles other than that I'd heard he was a great guy and an entrepreneur who had a lot of things in common with me. And we sat down to have breakfast and Superba makes their own hot sauce and they came over and we each had like I had a breakfast burrito and he had some sort of egg dish and he pulled out two receptacles or canisters of sauce that didn't have the Zabs branding on them they looked like well well used kind of like 
he wasn't being exactly diligent about like cleaning the outside after, after use. So I think it was like destroying his backpack. And I remember within like two minutes, the ultimate subtle sales guy said, you got to try this, try, try it out. And he pours them on my plate. It was, I got to say, when I first looked at it, because you were not using the most elegant bottle and I'm not some like elitist hot sauce guy, but I was like, uh, okay. I was happy with the default that they gave me at the restaurant, but I'll, I'll trust you on this one. And one taste and I was totally hooked. This is one of the most unique sauces. I didn't even peg myself as like a hot sauce guy before this, but in, in many ways, there's a reason why we're, why we're talking today on this pod, because I, I, I'm so impressed by what you guys have built and uh, would love to, to tell the whole story. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. And for the record, I was not much of a hot sauce guy myself before we started doing this, which was sort of the fun magic of it all was to give a little bit of quick backstory and, and PJ's really the brains behind developing the product itself. But I was the first to stumble into this pepper that we use called the Daddle Pepper, D-A-T-I-L. Um, primarily or almost exclusively is grown in St. Augustine, Florida, where it's been sort of a local treasure for hundreds of years. The stories of where it comes from or how it arrived there vary and they're all really interesting and fun, but it's sort of consensus beloved in their local cuisine and cultures. And I used to spend some time down in Florida for a past job and a colleague slash mentor slash friend of mine uh, took me out to a fish restaurant and made me try this hot sauce. I told him I didn't really like hot sauce, much like you. And I tried it anyway and I loved it. And it was, it was a daddle pepper sauce that some local um, family made and sold. And I bought one for, right there from the restaurant and ended up buying a bunch of them off their website, maybe six, seven years ago. And I started giving them out to friends and my friends loved it. And moral of the story is this pepper is a really unique combination of kind of sweet up front, but what it's really known for is this kind of gradual building heat that we sort of fondly refer to as the slow burn. Um, so it's not overwhelming, it's not overpowering, but you definitely feel it. It's as much a feeling as it is a taste. It's really delicious, but it kind of it lights you up subtly without sort of really burning the front of your mouth and overpowering the food. So it's really cool. For me, it kind of like awakens the senses a little bit and slows you down a moment and, and um, it lingers. So it kind of makes you appreciate that moment, that bite a little bit more. So it was really cool. So that's a long way of saying I was not a hot sauce guy myself. I don't claim to be a hot sauce expert. Uh, none of us do, but it was just out of passion. We, we all fell in love with this pepper that was super unique. And, and PJ had some um, professional cooking experience. And after a number of years of just consuming it, we decided to try to mess around with making our own. I love it. That's awesome. And so are you and PJ old friends? Yeah. Miles and I have known each other for 20 something years. I think seventh, seventh grade, basically. Yeah, that, that dates us a little bit. We yeah, we've been we've been really good friends since seventh grade. And Josh, our other partner who's doing the important work right now, somewhere in Los Angeles. He and I actually um, knew each other. We were family friends. We knew each other since I was probably five years old. My parents or my mom grew up with his dad and his uncle in Minneapolis. And so long long winding road, we all came together and started this business together. It's been super fun. That's awesome. So the origin is you discover this pepper in St. Augustine and you like it and you're, you know, sharing it with people. When was the sort of time when you decided you wanted to give this a go as far as making sauce yourself? Well, 
in, in fairness, I didn't discover anything. I, I was fortunate to stumble into it. You know, like I said, it's it's widely loved and and celebrated there in St. Augustine, Florida. But what I thought was super interesting was when I came home and was sharing it with friends, nobody I knew at least on the other side of the country had tried it or heard of it even. And so I just thought that was really interesting. And you know, nothing came of it for a number of years. And I started working. I used to um, be uh, in the sports agency business and then came to the food and beverage business. I started working for a beverage company. I still do work for a beverage company. And through that experience, I learned a ton about the business and I really developed a passion for it. I really liked it. uh, Food and beverage is something that everybody needs. Everybody consumes every day. And it's a really simple, tangible way to impact people's quality of life. And I thought that was really cool. And once I started to get a little bit of experience in the food and beverage world, just out of passion, I, you know, first of all, I was still eating these daddle pepper sauces and I loved them. And I just thought, you know, for me at least, it'd be really fun to have our own product and, and started talking to my buddies about it, who I'd been sharing the sauce with. And like I said, PJ had um, some professional cooking experience and, and is still pretty handy in the kitchen. And so uh, I think I probably bothered him enough where he agreed to start messing around with some recipes. Sound right, PJ? Yeah, and that, that's basically the gist of the story. I don't even remember when Miles first brought up, like, hey, let's try to make our own hot sauce. I think, you know, we were probably out to dinner or something, and I said, yeah, let me give it a crack. And uh, I remember we went and we got, like, five pounds of daddle peppers, and I think we made, over the course of a weekend, you know, maybe 10, 10 or 15 attempts at it, and then, you know, that turned into a few months of hundreds and hundreds of of attempts every every weekend we would get together we would make make a batch tweak it a little bit make a batch tweak a little bit and then at some point it became uh you know this is pretty good we might have something here and then we started to get into designing a, a logo and finding and coming up with a name for the hot sauce and and settled on the two varieties and, and you know it just kind of grew, grew from there into something we thought we could actually do and then then we got kind of serious about it we didn't really to answer your question there was not like a specific moment i think where it became uh obvious business. We all, we, to be honest, we always knew that we wanted to try and, and make a product to sell because we thought it'd be fun, but we didn't know or set out with a certain expectation of the magnitude of that at all. We just wanted to make something, brand it, you know, play like for the creative fun of it. And just, you know, to, to, to make something hands-on, we thought it would be really fun and cool. We did intend to sell it, but we thought, you know, well, let's take it to farmer's markets and see what reaction we get. We didn't set out to go build a big business. Not that we are a big business today, but that wasn't our intention. It was it, in the back of our minds. We thought that'd be awesome, but we had modest expectations and just wanted to take it to farmer's markets and see what people thought. That's great. And it sounds like the process is pretty complicated now. I remember last time we talked, Miles, you, you told me about the health regulations and, and sort of uh, the inspections that are required. Can you walk us through a little bit of what what is actually required now to be in stores and, and how much of a process this actually is? Yeah, I, uh, I'm wearing my hat to cover up my gray hairs that are probably a result of that process. But PJ PJ should probably speak on that as he's he leads the charge on that stuff. Well, you know, so we we were lucky in that basically through some some basic internet research i found that in california if you want to uh sell a packaged food good you need to have uh, a packaged food registration a pfr they call it so it was a simple document i found on the california department of public health website i filled it out 
this was well before we were selling anything. We sent it in and, you know, we were still kind of getting ramped up thinking about, you know, you know, finding a commercial kitchen space and um, figuring out how we were going to make this and bottle it and sell it at the farmer's market. Uh, so luckily we hadn't really started yet when I got a phone call one day when I was at my, my day job from a, a lady at the California Department of Public Health who said, you know, looking at this, you guys need what's called a cannery license. So that opened up a whole nother can of worms. Um, so Miles and I actually had to go to a, a class at Chapman University down in Orange County on how to acidify food and preserve it through through the use of you know vinegar and acidification. We had to get an inspection. So an inspector came to our, our facility for several hours, watched every step of the process. They agreed that we were good and they issued us a license. And now, you know, as we make product, we get a, an inspection every every two weeks and they come, they test the pH of the product. They make sure it's shelf stable and safe. Then they allow us to release that or those batches that we have made in the past two weeks for, for sale. So it's a, it's a complicated process. It's not anything we were expecting to have to deal with. You know, I would say probably delayed the launch of the product like eight, eight months probably it cost us. Wow. We we're kind of ready to go. And then luckily, cause we've heard horror stories of other, you know, hot sauces that were, were selling at farmer's markets and stuff and didn't have the, the cannery license. Uh, and then once they got found out, you know, it was a big problem for them and they had already sunk years and, and lots of money and time into their products. And uh, luckily we found out very, very close to the beginning. So we hadn't really gone too far down the road yet. So it worked out nicely for us, but uh, it, it was a hurdle that we were not expecting for sure. Yeah, I can imagine. So not to belabor the point, but just to to tell our listeners and be sure that I totally get it. If somebody wanted to make a food product out of their house and they had, uh, you know, the, the cannery license, they would not be able to do so without a commercial. No, yeah. You would not be able to get a cannery license. There's some products which fall under something called a cottage food industry that they will let you make stuff in your house. But it's like, you know, you got to stay under a hundred thousand dollars a year, I think. And in revenue. So as long as you're relatively small, I think you can do that. But the issue with, with hot sauce, at least our hot sauce is that we use fresh organic vegetables. We have carrots, onions, garlic. So when you're taking those fresh, fresh vegetables and making them shelf stable through the introduction of an acidic product, in our case, we use vinegar. That's what requires the cannery license. You know, you got to make sure that you're below a certain pH and, you know, that you're filling your bottles at certain temperatures to make sure you're sanitizing the bottle. It's a, uh, so it's, it's actually, you know, once we went to that class, we learned that's pretty dangerous because, you know, botulism is a big, big concern. It doesn't, uh, doesn't, bacteria doesn't die at, at, you know, a normal boiling temperature. So, but the, the acid is what kills it. So that's, that's why hot sauce is particularly unique. If you didn't use any fresh ingredients, then I don't think you would need a cannery license, but probably also wouldn't taste as good. Yeah. The moral of the story is you should probably call the California Department of Public Health <laughs> and make a food product. You know, the thing that we realized was it was hard to find a handbook on this stuff. You know, we were we were intent on messing around with it. And the reality is it wasn't until we actually got in touch with them and they were super helpful and responsive and laid out a bunch of steps for us. And we did everything they asked us to do. And, and as PJ said, for good reason, you know, the, the food safety is no joke and um, we take it super seriously and we learned a ton doing it. And Honestly, it's really fun because you learn to sort of master the craft and we take a lot of pride in, in, in the detail and, and quality of the product. 
That's fantastic. And it shows with the taste, of course, but it also is awesome branding. So let's talk about the branding for a minute. Zabs, tell us where the name came from. And then obviously I know the story of the logo, but I think it'd be pretty cool to talk about it. Yeah, I actually got to give Josh credit for coming up with the name, I believe. I think he, I think all of us, as well as my fiance, Shauna, were sitting around brainstorming some ideas. And Zab is actually the name of my fiance and my dog. Zab was a puppy at the time, and he's the inspiration for the logo and everything. Zab was, uh, and still is, I like to say, part crazy and part sweet. And I think that really matched up very well with the sort of qualities of the daddle pepper, you know, a little bit of sweet and a little bit of might take off on you and heat it up a little bit. So that's where that came from. And the name, it worked, you know, it was, it was short and different and I think hopefully somewhat memorable. So we ran with it. Yeah. And, and it just, you know, it was natural. It was, we all love Zab. He's hanging around oftentimes when we're getting together um, at, at each other's houses or whatever. And so it just made sense. And then in terms of the branding, it was very important to us that, you know, this, this pepper that, again, most people that we knew at least didn't know about it. Um, we wanted to spread the word and, and get people to try the daddle pepper, try other daddle pepper sauces. And so the city it comes from is one with tons of history. It's been around for hundreds of years. I think 1565 or something like that, St. Augustine was established. So we thought with this deep history, that we wanted the brand to feel nostalgic and feel, feel old school, feel like something that, you know, in line with how the pepper makes you feel when you eat it kind of slows you down a little bit. We wanted the brand to communicate that same experience, something, something nostalgic, something slow in this sort of world of high tech, fast, everything, fast communication. We wanted to do something really simple and slow motion. And the idea of a pepper that kind of slows it down, um, encourages you to sort of just appreciate your meal and where you're at. That was really cool to us. So we wanted the brand to communicate that as well. So uh, I think we just looked through Instagram and, and looked for designers um, who fit the bill. And we found one who was just awesome, um, super responsive. And um, we went back and forth a number of times, but we had a really, first of all, he was amazing. And the, the work that he's done for us has been just beyond our expectations, but we did have a really good idea of what we wanted and how we wanted it to feel and look. And we wanted it to be obvious that it was a hot sauce. So we were very deliberate about the bottle we chose and all that stuff. We wanted people to feel like it had been around for a while. And so that's how we ended up where we are. Great. And tell me about some of the milestones as far as where you've come from since where you've started. Um, well, in fairness, we're still really small. You know, we, um, we started with the farmer's markets, as we said, November of 2019, we started the Brentwood Farmer's Market in Los Angeles and started doing some other ones, Century City, credit to Josh, who was doing those by himself because PJ and I have our day jobs and that one's on a Thursday. So we were doing the Sunday Farmer's Markets. We did the Melrose Place Farmer's Market and, you know, sort of twofold. We were using those. Obviously, we wanted to sell product, but we were trying to get feedback. We wanted people to sample the product right in front of us so we could see the reaction, hear from them what they thought about the different products. And it was super, super helpful. Uh, at the time, you know, those two bottles you held up, um, they were the, the two different flavors we make were the bottle looked the exact same minus the name. And we didn't even think about that. I have to scratch my head um, that I didn't think of that as someone who works in the food and beverage industry, the, the labels looked exactly the same. But that was feedback we got at the farmer's market. We changed one to red and one to blue and a lot of stuff like that was super helpful. So 
we started getting some really great feedback at the farmer's market. Um, and that encouraged us to start talking to a couple local stores. The first one I think was farm shop in Brentwood and the Brentwood country mart. And as we sort of picked up and moved to other farmer's markets, we wanted to start adding more retail locations so that people who had tried it had a place to get it. And so we did, you know, we started building a little base of specialty markets, you know, independent grocery stores, butcher shops, gift shops, things like that. And then restaurants, of course, were really important to us. We had a few um, awesome local restaurants pick the product up very early and start using it as one of their house hot sauces or making it as an ingredient in a particular menu item. Um, The Rose down in Venice, Chef Jason Neroni was super early to jump on board and support us. Croft Alley and a few others, Butcher's Daughter. We've had a bunch of awesome restaurants pick it up, which is great for us because it gets people to try it. So those were big milestones for us. And then, you know, COVID became front and center and that changed a lot for us. Um, fortunately for us, you know, um, we were small enough and early enough where we could be very nimble and adapt, um, much harder for established brands with a bunch of employees and restaurants who have a lot more to worry about. So, you know, we, we consider ourselves really fortunate in that way. So we had to sort of stop serving our bottles on tables at restaurants. People couldn't use the same, um, condiments, condiment bottles. And so, you know, we had to, we had to, um, shift a little bit. But um, we launched our website around the same time. Um, we got a great online retailer called Huckberry. Um, they are worldwide and they do a lot of like outdoor type of gear from camping gear, hiking gear, that kind of stuff. And they were at the time launching a little mini hot sauce store and they included Zabs, which has been amazing for us because people um, have picked it up all over the country and frankly around the world. We've gotten emails from Korea and Sweden and all, all kinds of cool places. People trying our product or interested in it. So that was huge. And then um, at that point we had the confidence to say, all right, we want to take our first stab at like a little grocery chain. And so we reached out to the folks at Erewhon, which is sort of the um, preeminent uh, natural grocery chain here in Los Angeles. Um, they're sort of known for taking on new and interesting products very early and giving them a shot. So it felt like a good fit for us. And we launched that back in, um, July. And it's been awesome. The, the, the reception has been great. You know, we've been, um, you know, among their, among their better selling hot sauces, I believe I don't have the exact data, but it's been super encouraging. Their managers and buyers have all been super um, positive uh, with their feedback. And so those are like, those are the sort of obvious milestones for us over the last year. I mean, it's only been our first full year in business and we're looking to grow on those things. You know, I think the key principle is we've taken everything really step by step. We've spent no money on advertising. It's all been just word of mouth uh, as far as our website goes. Um, some partnerships. We just did a, a sort of limited edition um, holiday gift box, like a little baby burrito making kit with, uh, with a friend of the brand, Barrett Prendergast from Valley, Valley Brink Road. So organic partnerships, um, restaurants, really everything's been step by step. And so building on what we've seen work in some of these places. Um, we're starting to do a little bit more of it in other places. You know, we picked up some grocery stores in Independence in Portland, Oregon, Minneapolis, Austin, Texas, and some awesome places all over the country. And it's just been awesome to see um, we benefited from technology. You know, people have been able to see it in other parts of the country and reach out to us and offer to carry it at their general store. And it's just been super cool. So the milestones are not glamorous. They're not huge, but for us, they're very meaningful because like I said, we sort of just set out to see if people liked it and to know that one person, let alone, 
a thousand people or, you know, different retailers are, are liking it and it's doing well is just, you know, beyond cool to us. That's great. Well, congrats on everything that you've accomplished thus far. And I know it's just the beginning. Um, as far as distribution right now, are you guys handling that on your own? Yeah, we are. Um, we self-distribute everywhere. Um, we were very intentional about creating pricing that um, was reasonable as possible. You know, we wanted it to be attainable um, considering we use really high quality ingredients and this rare pepper, we price it as affordable as we can. Um, we try to make it easy enough for people to buy online. We do free shipping on the hot sauce itself. Um, and yeah, we self-distribute. So we are able to, you know, we worked out a business model where we can afford to ship it to stores around the country. Um, we eat the shipping cost on that, but it's worth it to us because we get the brand out there. We're getting people to try it, um, know about it, um, spread the word to their friends. So that's worked for us. And then, yeah, locally here, we do still self-distribute. At some point that'll change when we expand our grocery footprint, we'll need to use um, some traditional um, food distributors and we're prepared to do that. We're just trying, you know, our philosophy is push it as far as we can, um, as long as we can with our own resources. Um, so we're not overextending ourselves. You know, we're, we're sort of prototyping things, trying new things all the time, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't work, making tons of mistakes um, and using that to build and learn from. So we've, we've maintained control of everything. We do all our own fulfillment, our own um, shipping. Uh, Josh gets most of the credit, if not all the credit for that fulfillment. Um, so yeah, we, um, we bear a lot of that weight on our shoulders now. And at some point soon, we'll look to um, take on some distribution partners. Fantastic. Well, congrats on everything you guys have built. It's, it's very well-deserved and I encourage everyone to go try it. Um, for the end segment here, I'm going to just hit you guys with some rapid fire questions. Uh -oh. As a side note, we can edit any of these out. So if there are any that you don't want, we can do that later. So I'll, I'll ask the question, Miles, then PJ, don't think about it. Just answer. If you could be in any restaurant that you're not currently in, where would it be? I hop. What'd you say, PJ? I hop. There's lots of them. <laughs> that's a good one for me i mean the coolest thing for me honestly is i love like random diners roadside diners old school stuff like to be honest like nate nows uh grew up, growing up in los angeles you know i love a good deli nate nows would be sort of the dream but any of those little independent diners like to be in a bunch of those would just be the coolest thing ever to be able to take a road trip across the country and stop and have zabs in a restaurant that we didn't even know about is would probably be the dream cool who needs to try Zabs who hasn't tried it? Everyone. Good answer. Fair answer. I second that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know, we don't obsess over, you know, again, in this day and age of, you know, high technology, people want to get it in the hands of influencers. And that's awesome. I mean, we've seen some of that um, really help us out. Uh, but at the end of the day, like we, again, we just wanted to, we want to make people happy with it. And whoever likes it, likes it. Whoever doesn't, doesn't. We, we realize nothing is for everybody. And so we just, we try not to focus on that. You know, if someone really cool that we admire in the food world, you know, posts it or he tries it and sends us an email, it's super awesome and overwhelming, but we just try and focus on what we can control, which is making the product as best we can and um, trying to deliver for the sort of core consumers, the people who love it and reach out to us and send us emails. And um, that's what we're focused on. And if, you know, we do value, 
if, if I had to say we value someone's opinion more than others, it's food people, you know, people who spend their time, um, you know, making great food. Um, we really respect those people. We uh, sort of understand how hard it is to do that. So if there are people in the food world, whether it's, you know, chefs uh, or whatever it may be, makers of other brands, products, when we get feedback from them, that's really the coolest. Very cool. What would be your advice in a sentence or shorter for someone who wants to pursue their five to nine? So basically doing what you guys have done, they have an idea and they want to do something about it. What would be your advice as to how they should take action? Just start, just start doing it. Uh, you'll, you'll figure it out as you go. Just uh, so some, some hard work, uh, some dedication to it. There'll be hurdles. You got to just jump every hurdle that's presented to you and, and you'll make it happen. Awesome. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that hundred percent. I, I think you got to just jump in. Um, so many things had to come together for this to be a reality for us. And I never could have really predicted that. And you can, it's just so easy and tempting to overthink it and where it's going to go and what it's going to take. And we just, you know, my suggestion would be start small and see what people think. That's the other part is, don't get too caught up in the art of it in terms of, you know, what goes on in your own mind. Don't be afraid to just put it out there and relentlessly seek feedback, you know, see what people think about it before you take the next step and the next step. And, you know, but at the same time uh, you can take everyone's feedback, but you should sort of triangulate. Like you don't necessarily need to please everyone. You don't need to take everyone's advice, but you should listen to it and then use your own compass to sort of see what you want to do with that. But I think feedback is incredibly valuable in the willingness to make mistakes and just take it step by step. I love it. Well, thank you guys so much. Congrats on all you've done. Excited to see it continue to evolve. For anyone listening, definitely go check it out. I'll hold up the bottles again for people watching. Any last things that you can point to? I mean, I'm sure people know where to find you from listening to this, but give the plug as to where you'd like them to look for you. Yeah, zabsauce.com, Z-A-B-S, sauce.com is our website. Like I said, we do free shipping on the, on the sauce. We offer gift notes and stuff if you want to send it to a friend, if you're feeling generous. Um, but that's about it. You know, we, we appreciate feedback. If anybody does have the chance to try it, we'd love to hear from you. Email zab at zabsauce.com. Um, that stuff means a lot to us. We respond to all that stuff, and we'd like to know what people think, good, bad, and ugly. And uh, we just really hope people enjoy it. That's, that's really it. And we love what you're doing, Andrew. Just the message of gratitude and everything you're doing is super cool and um, fits with what we're trying to do. You know, we're not, we're not promising to change the world, save the world. We're just trying to make people happy one little bit at a time. And I think you're doing the same thing and it's really cool. And we appreciate you including us in what you're doing. Thanks so much for the kind words. And uh, every little bit of happiness you bring people does change the world for the better. So collectively uh, we can make a difference with, with small bits of joy that we can bring to people's lives. And you guys have certainly seen that with the product that you've made and the happiness it brings people. Uh, you've made it approachable, you've made it fun. And so you know, everybody go check it out. PJ, so great to hear from you. Miles, nice to see you as always. Let's keep it going, guys. Congrats on all you've done and keep shooting for the moon. Thanks a lot, Andrew. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for tuning into that episode. I hope you enjoyed the tale of what it takes to make an incredible hot sauce. You are certain to enjoy the slow-burning deliciousness of Zabs. Check them out at zabsauce.com. 
order a bottle, order some honey. Their merch is also fire. The branding is incredible. Sweatshirts, t-shirts, hats. It's all really good stuff. I'm not being paid to endorse it. I have bought the bottles and cycled through them. Maybe if this episode blows up, they'll give me some free honey. That's all I ask. I'll, I'll probably buy it anyway, but free honey sounds delicious. And for all of you who have a passion and also have a nine to five, consider starting something. I love the fact that these guys did this from five to nine to weekends to ideation at one in the morning. It all came together. It's wonderful. And I wish them all the success in the world. Go check it out. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you again so much for being here. Please do me a solid review and rate this podcast. That makes a massive difference. And I appreciate your support. Go follow Zabs. Follow Shared Ingredients on Instagram. And I will see you again next week. Yay!